Welcome to the Stephanie Humphrey Podcast, where we host New Testament and Old Testament Bible study, Sip and Say with Stephanie, and this season, our virtual lifestyle series, presenting classes to help us live a well and healthy lifestyle. Tune in as we share the Word of God, what's on Stephanie's heart, and teachings from our guest speakers. Blessings. Evening and welcome to the Stephanie Humphrey channel. I am Minister Stephanie Humphrey, and tonight is our Bible study night. We are in the book of Exodus and still in the book of Matthew, and so we will be sharing the word with you from Genesis 15, 16, and 17, as well as Matthew 15, uh, starting with verse 20. And I think we're going to go at least till 16. I don't know if we'll get to 17 or not, but I just want to say welcome. So glad that you're here. As always, it is such a wonderful opportunity to be in your home, in your car, in your office, wherever you might be at this time. It is always such a blessing to share God's word with you, to hear what this said, the Lord, to be encouraged, to be inspired, to be uplifted so we can run on and see what the end gonna be <laughs> so god is good all the time and all the time god is he just he just good he did the lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth truly endureth to all generations and so i celebrate the lord tonight for his goodness i celebrate the lord for his grace i celebrate the lord for who he is in my life and for what he's doing in my life. I celebrate the Lord for who he is to you and for what he is doing in your life. Amen. Amen. So look, y'all, I have my red on tonight. February, as we shared with you last Thursday, is Heart Health Month for Women. And I know today is March 2nd. I am well aware. (laughs) But I feel like we still ask women and as men, but as women, we need to be reminded that the Lord, I mean, we need, well, the Lord, but we need to be reminded to take care of our health. The, the Lord says in his word, I wish above all that thou mayest be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. So even as our soul is, is, is elevating in the Lord and being strengthened in the Lord and maturing in the Lord, so should our health be, so should we be taking care of our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health our emotional health, our social health, our that's spiritual health, I think, we should be taking care of every aspect of us. So I'm going to keep wearing red. I think I'm going to wear red every Thursday in March, or at least most of the Thursdays. We'll see how it goes to remind us to take care of our heart. This is specifically for women, for, but men, is for you too. Children, if you're listening, teenagers, if you're listening, take care of your heart. How do you do that? Eat healthy. When I say healthy, Get you a small portion of meat. It's recommended just the size of your hand is as much meat as you should be eating for that meal. Um, fill your plate with lots of vegetables, some some green beans, cabbage, corn, kale, um, collard greens. I said carrots, um, beets, radishes. Um, 
I'm, I'm picking all the things that I like. Um, what are some other good vegetables? I like the rainbow carrots. I know I said carrots like three times. Um, and whatever other vegetables I can't think of at this particular, your rhubarbs, I know it's a little bit of starch there, but what are turnip greens, whatever vegetables you love, squash, zucchini, asparagus, artichoke, fill your plate up with plenty of fresh vegetables. If you're not able to buy fresh vegetables because y'all food expensive, then get you some frozen, frozen vegetables. That's your next best option. Um, last resort is canned vegetables. Try to stay away from canned vegetables if you can because of the sodium um, uh, that is uh, that is involved with a lot of canned vegetables. So if you do, if canned vegetables is the option for you, then just pay attention to the sodium, um, the sodium amount to make sure that you're taking care of your because you know the more sodium the increase of um, issues with your heart if you eat uh, about to say several mounds but if you eat a lot because I'm thinking several mounds I'm thinking salt mounds is what I'm thinking about because sodium is salt and so it will increase your blood pressure which could eventually lead to a heart attack or heart disease or other um, attacks on your body and so as much as you can don't cook with salt if you can not cook with salt, but if you do cook with salt, use some Himalayan salt or some sea, sea salt, some healthier alternatives to regular table salt that we grew up with. Um, so watch your sodium intake. You know, get you some fruit. I know fruit has um, sugar in it, that natural sugar, but get you some fruit, vegetables, your lean meats or no meat if that's working for you. Um, limit your sweets and limit your carbohydrates. Use some, eat some more grains, whole grains for heart health. Get you some oatmeal, y'all. Let me tell y'all something. I bought some oatmeal last month and it contained this. I made oatmeal like twice. <laughs> since January because I do not like oatmeal, but I knew it would be a food that would be good for my health, heart health. And so I got some blueberries. I just got some blueberries and strawberries this week. So I know I'm going to make, it's difficult to cook breakfast in the morning when I'm trying to get to work. And so I used to keep instant oatmeal at the um, job with me and eat instant oatmeal there. But I would get the flavored oatmeal, which is not as healthy as you're eating, you know, cooking the oatmeal yourself. And so Whole grains, however you can make it work. And uh, yeah, so eat, eat your healthy foods. Exercise, exercise, exercise. Look, I can talk more confidently about exercising because I do exercise you know, at least three times a week. Um, those are the times I exercise with my fitness instructor. And I have started exercising on the off days. I was already exercising on the off days some, but not consistently. I'm still not consistent, but I've, got, I've increased my time. So where I was doing like 10 minutes on the off time. I've actually increased to about 45 to 50 minutes. I do my sweating in the spirit with Donna Richardson. You heard me talk about it last Thursday. And so I actually do um, do my sweating in the spirit on my off nights. And uh, I'm working to get more consistently with that. And of course, I lift my weights. We do strength training with my fitness instructor. So that's good. Building some muscle, some muscle mass. I'm, I'm not quite yet there yet. You know, it's been about how many weeks? It's been maybe eight, nine weeks now we've been exercising. And so I have missed a couple of sessions because, you know, I, something going on with me, something with my fitness instructor because life goes on even though you're exercising. That's why I try my best to exercise 
exercise on the days that I'm not working out with, with her. Snatch by D if you want to connect with her. And so, yes, so exercise, eat healthy, limit that salt, um, which leads to which and, and le limit salt and sodium, sodium enriched foods. Most of your packaged foods have a lot of sodium in it. So if you can uh, eliminate those foods from your diet or at least decrease them, it would help you keep your sodium low and help hopefully keep your uh, blood pressure low as well. Drink plenty of water, plenty of water, plenty of water. If you can let go of the sodas, let go of the sodas. If you can let go of the juices and other sugary drinks, you know, do that. If you can let it go totally or if you can at least decrease the amount of uh, sugar-enriched drinks that you drink, it would be more heart-healthy for you. Okay, I had not planned to, to say all of that, but sometimes we need those reminders that let's just get healthy. Let's just be healthy. So that's our physical health. So I did not ask you. We are like, what, 10 minutes in, and I haven't asked you all how you're doing. How are you all doing? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing emotionally? How are you doing physically? How are you doing socially? How are you doing spiritually? I'm doing pretty good emotionally. Mentally, I am navigating through some test results that I received this week. Um, there is something going on there. And so I'm navigating that process of reading the um, report and deciding what to, to do and how to move forward. I actually have two additional tests next week for a different um, a situation in my body. So I have two tests next week. I have one one day. It's like a pre-test to the actual test. And so, um, so that's two tests for next week. And so we'll see what's going on in the other part of my body. That one I am a little nervous about. I'm a little nervous about what they might find. Um, this is an ongoing issue and we have had tests with this issue. Now we're doing some more, um, I would say specialized tests to see what's going on on the inside of my body. And so mentally I'm, I'm feeling a little... Um, or maybe it's emotionally. Sometimes it's difficult for me to regulate my emotions and my mental health uh, because they're so interconnected for me. And so I think I feel encouraged that I have a healthcare professional that listens to my concerns and is willing to submit orders so that I can get the tests that I need. I'm also thankful to have health care so that I can get the tests that I need when I need them. Um, universal health care, y'all, I'm going to talk about universal health care at Sip and Say with Stephanie. We need universal health care. The federal government needs to pass universal health care for everybody. That's what I believe. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it, Sip and Say with Stephanie, because we do have hourly, you know, wage employees that are unable to afford health care. And y'all, man, nobody should, should have to not go to the doctor because they don't have health care. They don't know how they're going to pay the bill. Like, no, if you're feeling pain, especially some consistent pain or, you know, something is going on in our body that does not feel right and we need some tests run, we should be able to get those tests run. Like there should not be hindrances, you all, for us to get the help that we need in our body.
That's just what I believe. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about universal universal health care um, during Sip and Say with Stephanie. Um, so, yes, I'm thankful to, again, just be able to go get the test that I need to see what's going on with my body. Because I think there's something going on. Like I said, the other test came back normal, but because the the there's something persistent happening. We're going to have, like I said, some more detailed tests to see if there's something that we're missing. If the, like the basic test that we took, um, if there's, if there's something that basic test didn't show. So we're going to, you know, take a more specialized test. And if it comes back fine, then I'm okay with that. Um, but I just, I just need to know, you know, if, if there's something there that we need to, um, get some treatment. If there's something there in my body that I need to get treatment for, I want to know. And so, um, yeah. And I know oftentimes, because I did go through, uh, there was a period in my life where I did not have health insurance. And so thankfully, the community health center is where I went to get the help that I needed. Um, and I was so thankful for it. You know, I was thankful, like even at a time where this was some years ago, again, I didn't have health care and I I needed some treatment and thankfully I was able to get some financial assistance that was available through the hospital and it was supported me in the treatment that I needed. And I'm so thankful for, you know, I'm very thankful. So I, my, my, my heart is heavy and, and, and just really tuned in to those who do not have health care and need care, you know, cause I've been there, you know, I've been there afraid to go to the doctor because I didn't know how much it would cost, you know, but I had to go because at, at that time in my life, it was a life or death situation. Like if I did not go to the hospital, I could have died. Like it, it, that, it just was what it was. It's just, just the raw truth about it. And I did go to the hospital. Like I said, I got the help, the help that I needed. And that's when I, it was presented to me that there was financial assistance available. And I went through the paperwork and everything and I was able to get some help. But and I'm thankful because I'm glad to still be here. Okay, so I'm glad to still be here. And so I, God is good. God is wonderful. God is amazing. So you all pray for me. Pray that I'll stay um, encouraged even as I'm having my test done next week. And um, regardless of what they find in my body, I declare healing in the name of Jesus. I believe with all of my heart, mind, and soul that with the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. God has healed my body supernaturally before. God has healed my body through modern medicine. So whatever way the Lord wants to heal my body, I am open to it. I'm open to it. I am open to it. But I definitely declare healing. But I'm I'm kind of excited and I'm not that nervous to get these tests that I'm really excited to get them done because I want to see what's going on. On, but I take a pause within, even in my excitement to finally get these tests done, I take a pause within because I, I don't know what the results are going to be. Obviously, y'all know sometimes that fear of the unknown can be debilitating. And so I'm not going to let it debilitate me, you all, but I'm just aware that that's how I'm feeling about what's happening in my body and that's how I'm processing through. So you all pray for me, you know, that, that I will stay focused in the word of God, stay focused in prayer, um, be encouraged to know that God is with me, regardless of what the doctors say about this. God is with me. Like I, God will never leave me nor forsake me. I have no doubt about that at all. And so I'm, so I'm excited even for what is to come. What, whatever be tied, God will take care of me. 
come what may, you know, I'm in the master's hand. So I'm really, I'm, I'm good about that. So I'm feeling a little, you know, a little aware of how I'm feeling and aware that, that, that there, there's going to be some news that's coming about my health. And so y'all pray for me. All right, y'all, let's get into Bible study. I probably have talked enough. So let's get into some Bible study. I put my glasses on, chat because y'all know this fine print for my new dimension. I should have brought my purple Bible over. But we're in Exodus chapter 15. I'm not going to read all of chapter 15. It is, let me clean my glasses. It is a song of deliverance. So, you know, we read last week where where the Lord delivered the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. Um, They were at the Red Sea and and God parted the Red Sea through Moses' staff, through Moses and his staff. And the children of Israel were able to part over on the Red Sea. I'm sorry, not on the Red Sea, but on the bed excuse me, of the Red Sea, they parted on dry ground. And so we have chapter 15 is a song of deliverance. So Moses and the Israelites sing this song of deliverance to the Lord. I'm only going to read a portion of it. You can go and read the rest of it for yourself. But Exodus chapter 15, I am reading out of the New Living Translation. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my victory. He is my God and I will praise him. He is my father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yes, the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and armies he has thrown into the sea. The very best of Pharaoh's officers have been drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. And then that was verses one through six and verses, uh, excuse me, let me read the rest of verse six. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, dashes the enemy in pieces. That's verses 1 through 6 of Exodus 15. You can read verses 7 through 20 on your own. Verses 7 through 20, that's the rest of the song that um, Moses and the children of Israel sang to God for delivering them from the hands of the Egyptians and then for allowing them to cross the Red Sea on dry ground and for destroying their enemies. Let me tell y'all something. When God does a work, he does a complete work. He don't leave things half done, half baked. Uh, he does a complete work. So not only did he deliver the children of Israel, but he made sure that their enemies could no longer destroy them, could no longer hinder them, could no longer afflict them. Hallelujah. Yes, God, he made sure that the Egyptians would no longer um bother or hinder his people. God does a complete work. Let me let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God does a complete work. So y'all read the rest of chapter 15 verses 7 through 20. And then we're going to get into um chapter 15 verse 23, 26, 22, 22, 22. 
I think I missed verse 21. Oh, I did. So y'all read verses 7 through 21. That gives you the rest of the song that Moses and the Israelites sang. But y'all, even after they sang this beautiful song to the Lord, they rejoiced. They celebrated. They praised God for the mighty deliverance. Then we get to verse 22. Then Moses led the people, the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved. Uh, y'all, let me, let me tell you this fact. It is thought that the song of Moses and the Israelites, let me see if there's a name for it. It just says a song of deliverance. It is thought that this is the oldest written song, meaning that this was the first song ever written, ever recorded, ever, ever uh, authored. And so we believe, or historians believe that this is the very first song. It's the oldest song that has ever been written. And I love that, that it came from the, from the Bible and came from Moses and the Israelites. So y'all just File that tidbit of history away and bring it out when you need to share it with others. Okay, verse 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the sure desert. They traveled in this desert for three days without what I would have been passed out. Like I'm thirsty, like right now I'm thirsty. So let me take a drink. Like I, I, I drink so much water. And of course our body is made up, I think about 70, 70% water. Y'all, this is my thankful, grateful, and blessed cup that my auntie gave me for Christmas. I haven't used it yet, but that's good. Okay, I'm drinking water tonight. Even though it's not sitting table, Stephanie, I'm still drinking my water. All right, so they went three days, absolutely no water. I would have been a passed out because I can barely go an hour or two without water. So anyway, verse 23, when they came to Mara, Mara means bitter. When they came to Mara, they finally found water. But the people couldn't drink it because it was bitter. Verse 24, then the people turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So most, these Israelites, let me, these, I can understand why they, look, let me, let me just read the scripture. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. The Lord showed him a branch, excuse me, and the Lord, not but the Lord, but and the Lord showed him a branch. Moses took the branch and threw it into the water. This made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord laid before them the following conditions to test their faithfulness to him. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and laws, then I will make you not. Let me read that again. Then I will not make you suffer the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I'm going to stop right there. Because we we know that in Leviticus law, God the Levitical law, God lays down the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, the Levitical law, giving the Israelites guidelines by which to live. He gave them moral laws, civil laws, um, uh, common laws. He gave them the guidelines in which they were to live, and within within some of the laws, like what they should eat, what they shouldn't eat. Um, no prostitution, you know, um, other sexual um, related uh, laws. I believe God, one of the reasons why God laid down the law is, of course, to, to 
establish a rule of law for his people to give them guidelines so that they would know how to live now that they are a free people, they are a deliberate people. And he wanted to make sure that they could maximize the life that he had given them, right? And so those laws were set to establish, just like we have laws in our government, just to make sure that the world runs smoothly. <laughs> as smoothly as possible. So God wanted to make sure that his people prospered. So he gave them the law. And some of the laws that are embedded within the Levitical law, I believe, as God said, if you follow, if you obey my commands and my laws, then I will make you not to suffer the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. I feel like some of the laws will do just that, will keep us from sickness and diseases, like being mindful about what we eat. Like there were some hoofed animals that the Israelites could not eat, animals that chewed the cud, they could not eat, um, blood, they were not allowed to eat. And cud is just uh, uh, vomiting, uh, you know, chewing, vomiting up a little bit. Um, it's just, it's not, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, like not eating blood, like not drinking or eating blood or any, like, um, a carcass, like meat left in a carcass, a dead animal, a carcass. And so I, and then like I said, the prostitution, keeping them from like venereal diseases. And I just, I believe that if we do follow God's law, according to this, where now I know some people will say, well, the New Testament law kind of cancels out the Old Testament law because the New Testament law says that we can eat whatever we want as long as we bless it. You can, you can eat whatever you want as long as you bless it. But there are certain health conditions <laughs> that come with certain foods. Let's just say how it is. If you eat a lot of pork, it's going to raise your, your your blood pressure. Your blood pressure, as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, can lead to heart attack or other heart disease. So if we are mindful about not eating pork or at least um, uh, eliminate, not if you're not able to totally eliminate pork, decrease your pork intake, it could help you, as the Bible says, not make you suffer the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. And not just in my, from what I'm receiving from that, not just the diseases that were on the Egyptians, but just sickness and disease in general. If we follow God's law as written in his word, and I believe that we follow guidelines that have come from licensed healthcare professionals about our nutrition, our health, our exercise and drinking water on all of that. I think the combination of that will keep us from sickness and disease. That's just what I believe. Y'all can take it how you want to, but that's what I believe. Um, I, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely believe God's word, and I believe that if we follow the guidelines of a healthcare professional, it will keep us physically healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, um, spiritually healthy. Um, the the part, you know, there's Levitical law about not engaging in prostitution. Well, you know, at biblical times they didn't have uh, condoms or other um, protections to keep sexual transmitted diseases from happening. It was just it was just in and out. It was just, all the fluids were there. Um, and so disease could have come about that way, but if they followed God's law, then it would have kept them, you know, from the diseases that plague the Egyptians. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? So just follow God's law as it relates to um your health and well-being. We're gonna read even Jesus rested. We're gonna get into that in Matthew 15, where Jesus uh told his people to rest. We rested on the Sabbath and we know that God even rested on the seventh day when he created the world. So there are principles, guidelines, God's law, God's policies, I'm going to say in his word that will help us stay healthy. You don't believe me? Get in your word and find out. <laughs> 
get in your word and find out. Okay, I'm going to let that go because somebody probably mad at me. Talking about Stephanie, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, just get in the word and then you'll understand. All right, so let's keep moving. After leaving Mara, they came to Elam where they were, where, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the springs. And that's the end of chapter 15. So we're going to get into chapter 16. I'm not going to read all of chapter 16 because I believe that all of us are very familiar with this scripture um, as far as Jesus uh, or God feeding his people with manna from heaven, with the quail and and, and bread. Um, and so I'm not going to read all of it, but I want to read some of it because these doggone Israelites. <laughs> so we're in chapter 16 of Exodus. Then they left Elam and journeyed into the Sin Desert between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there a month after leaving Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel spoke bitterly against Moses and Aaron. It, it's, it seems like no matter how much God is covering and protecting and delivering and keeping the children of Israel at every moment where they are faced with a hardship or they're faced with difficulty or they're faced with uncertainty, they start complaining. Oh my Lord, how many of us are there, y'all? And all is well. Victory is mine. Victory, my, victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory is mine. We are experiencing victory. All is well. The bills are paid. Food in a refrigerator, freezer, deep freezer, and the pantry. You know, gas in the car. The children fed. They got a, the clothes that fit. You know, shoes that, that aren't too small. Like, all is well. And then a, a, a trial comes. A test comes. Opposition comes, and what do we do? Sometimes we start complaining. God, God, you say that we go with that. The Bible says is higher heights and deeper depths. So, God, if I'm in higher heights, why am I experiencing tests and trials? Because tests and trials they come with life. It just is a part of life. You're gonna have tests and trials in your marriage in your other romantic relationships, in your family relationships, your friendship relationships, on your job, at your church, out at the grocery store, conflict will rise. I got to this, I got, y'all both pushing your buggy to the cart and y'all mad because the other person got their first look, y'all. Conflict, opposition, test trials come at every hand. It's just a part of the life that we live. And it is important that when those tests come that we do not complain. We do not complain. We should not complain. The Bible says man that is born of a woman will have some 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 difficult days. I'm paraphrasing what the Bible says. The Bible says you're going to have trouble. If you're born of a woman, which every person on the face of the earth was born of a woman, including Jesus, come on in here, somebody born of a woman, you's going to have trouble. Trouble is a coming. Hear me when I say that's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. That minister hundred is in the Bible say trouble is coming. So know that when tests, trials, troubles, oppositions come, they come to test our faith. And at times they come to strengthen us, to build us up, to mature us in the faith, to get rid of our attitude and our nastiness and all of this that we do sometimes. You know, it comes to build us up, to make us look more like Christ Jesus, to cause us to love more, to to experience God's peace and God's joy so that we can, and then to, uh, and trials and tests come so we learn how to treat people right. 
how to treat people with, with, with consideration and respect and love. So tests and trials are going to come, y'all. It is important for us to endure tests and trials as a good soldier. It is important that we do not fuss, mumble, complain, get an attitude when tests come. But the trying of our faith, you all, it worketh patience. So let patience have its perfect work. That's in James, let patience have its perfect work. So let's not follow the example of the Israelites and complain every time something come up. Every time we, you know, maybe we didn't have enough for the for the bill that month. Let's not complain, but let's trust God that we that, that money is gonna stretch some kind of way that we can pay half the bill or a fourth of a bill or three-fourths of the bill or whatever the case may be. Let's trust God even when we're going through tests and trials. Let's seek God's word and seek God's presence and seek God's guidance when we're going through tests and trials and when we're facing obstacles and opposition. You know, and I'm not saying that you you don't you can get upset, you can get mad about it. I understand that because we're human and we have a plethora of emotions that we can tap into. <laughs> At any given time, I, I I understand. But even as we're feeling disappointed or discouraged or angry or upset about the test and trial, let's focus on God's word and speak God's word. Even if you tell God, I'm not happy about this test right now. I'm not happy about this trial right now. I'm not happy about my husband because I'm about to knock him out. I'm not happy about these kids because they were A students and now they CDF students. God, I'm not happy about this right now. I just don't want to let you know. But we're going we gonna to take it one step at a time. We're going to talk it through. We're going to pray it through. We're going to study the word. We're going to get this homework done. We're going to get these class projects done. We're going to get this husband together, get this marriage together. So even though you might express your frustration and your anger, still go back to the word. Once you, once you express yourself, <laughs> express yourself, go back to the word of God. Go back, see what the Lord is saying about your marriage, about your kids, about your job, whatever you might be going through on your job, about uh, interpersonal relationships. Um, see what the Lord treat, treat. Yeah, we know what the Bible says, do unto others as we would have them to do unto us. So just get back into the word. If you forgot what the word say, just get, just, just go back to the Bible. If you don't want to hear what the word say, or you don't, if you don't want to read it, put your Bible on, let it read to you. <laughs> If you don't want to read it, let the Bible read to you. Let the word soak into the voice of that phone app so you can still receive the word and um, grow in that area that you're lacking in. Okay, so that's yes. Yeah. So praise God for trials, tests, oppositions, and, and, and the like. Hallelujah. All right, let me keep reading. These doggone Israelites, I, you know, they wandered in the wilderness, y'all, for 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40 years. Okay, so verse um, three, oh, that we were back in Egypt. This is what the Israelites said. They moaned. It would have, y'all listen, listen. They said it would have been better if the Lord had killed us there. Now, look, y'all, look. They're in a desert situation, okay? They're in the sin desert. It's a dry place. And we know how the desert is. You're not going to find a lot of water 
in the desert. You might find some cactuses and get some some liquid, some water from there. But you're in a desert. It's not a lot of water. You know, ain't no, ain't no. Uh, we can't eat the camels. You know, um, we got a lot of meat. No, no, no chicken running by. We don't got no cows running by. So you can get us a little beef, a little steak, um, some tenderloins and things. So here they are in this sin desert, complaining to God, not, not complaining to Moses about him leading them out of out of Egyptian bondage. But not only are they complaining, you all, they said out of their mouths, it was better if we would have been, if the Lord would have killed us in Egypt. Because you're thirsty, because you're hungry, it's better that you would have died and eat. Like, I feel like the Israelites just took it too far. I believe they just took it. To, watch y'all think. Y'all think they took it too far? I think they took it too far. I think they, they, they just took it. So let me keep reading. At least there, talking about in Egypt, at least there we have plenty to eat. But now you have brought us into this desert to starve us to death. Now let's look at history. <laughs> Sometimes, I know people say, don't look in the past, don't go back to your past, be the past in the past. Sometimes you got to go look back so you can see how far the Lord has brought you from. Sometimes you got to look, and I know I'm looking to the side, sometimes you got to look back because I don't feel like turning my head all the way around. Sometimes you got to look back and see the victories that you've already won. Sometimes you got to look back and see what the Lord has done. Look at the history of God delivering me, God healing me, God setting me free, God blessing me, God helping me to take care of the bills, God helping me to bless somebody else. Look at the history of your life and see how far you have come in your walk with the Lord. The Israelites forgot that not not only did God deliver them from Egypt, y'all, they left with spoils. They are slaves in Egypt, but when they left, they left with gold. They left with other jewelry. They left with treasures and other things. Like they left with bounty. When their enemy began began to chase them, the Lord caused the rivers or the, the water of the Red Sea to rise up. They're walking on the dry bed of the Red Sea. Not only did they safely get across without the loss of one, but they could look back over the sea when the waters came crashing down and see how the Lord destroyed their enemies. They just left Elam, where God uh, caused the water. God, uh, Moses put a, 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 a branch in the water and the bitter water became fresh enough for them to drink. Now they're taking a few steps ahead in the desert. Now they're hungry and they're complaining like we should have died in Egypt. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> like, but but my, my point was, look back and see how God, Israelites, look back and see how God has, I know the Israelites did, y'all. I know I can't talk to them, so I'm talking to you. Look back and see how the Lord has blessed you. See how the Lord has delivered you. See how the Lord has given you victory time and time and time and time and time and time again. And know that if God did it before, oh my God, he can certainly do it again. God healed me before. He can certainly do it again. God provided money 
for my bills with a holy handshake or a check in the mail. I have had a check in the mail experience and I've had a holy handshake experience. God provided for me before. I know he'll do it again. God saved my a fam, this family member, that family member, that family I know he'll do it again and save this family member. That. God did it before. He certainly can do it again. So let's not get in a state of grumbling and complaining, but look at the history of God. God has never let us down. He has never left us. He has never forsaken us. He has never abandoned us. So look at the history of your life and see where the Lord has brought you from and what the Lord has done and know that God can do it again. Even though those last op obstacles were small and this obstacle is like, like Mount Fuji, With snow on the top, <laughs> even though it's a Mount Fuji moment or a tsunami moment, God can still deliver. God can still heal me. God can still provide for me. God can still take care of me. Okay, so let's keep reading about these Israelites, y'all. That I was getting late, so let me keep going. Then Moses and Aaron. Oh, let me go back to the right verse, verse four. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Look, I am going to rain down food from heaven for." you. The people, well, let me see if I want to read further down. Okay, yeah, I'm going to read. The people can go out each day and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether they will follow my instructions. Sometimes the Lord just wants to know we're going to follow his instructions. God just wants to see if sometimes God brings a test just to see if we're going to obey his instructions. Tell them to pick up twice as much as usual on the sixth of each day. Then Moses and Aaron called a meeting of all the people of Israel and told them, in the evening, you will realize that it was the Lord who brought you and brought you out of Israel. I mean, out of Egypt, excuse me. Let me read what the Bible says instead of, instead of making up stuff. In the evening, you will realize that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glorious presence of God. He has heard your complaints, which are against the Lord and not us. Moses made it clear. You see, you, your grumbling and complaining is not against us. Because, see, we're not the ones that delivered you. God used us as an advocate, as an intercessor, as a conduit to you to uh, deliver you. But it wasn't us. It's the Lord. This is the Lord's doing. So all your complaining, your grumbling, your whatever is against God. He wanted to make that clear. Maybe for some of the Israelites, they, they received it and they got it. But for some of them, they just, they didn't hear it. They didn't hear it. The Lord will give you meat in the evening and bread in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Moses wanted to be clear. Y'all fighting with the Lord. <laughs> Y'all ain't fighting with us. Y'all were fighting with the almighty God who has delivered you. Do y'all hear what did that? Y'all hear what I said? Y'all were fighting with God. So maybe y'all need to take a step back and get yourselves together. Get yourselves in order because you're fighting with God. Okay, I'm done with that. I'm going to move on down to verse 11. <laughs> Wait, let me go to read verse 9. Let me just read it all. Then Moses said to Aaron, say this to the entire community of Israel. Come into the Lord's presence and hear his reply to your complaints. Y'all, you know, even when we complain, even when we grumble, even when we murmur, even when we fight against God, God is so loving. God is so patient. 
God is so kind that even when he could strike us down dead <laughs> or cause the earth to swallow us up like he did Corinth and his family, God still looks at us and deals with us through the lens of his love and through the lens of his grace and his mercy. Aren't you glad about it? <laughs> Aren't you glad that God does not deal with you according to your sin, according to your disobedience, according to your complaining? Y'all may not be glad about it, but oh my Lord, I'm glad about it. Let me keep reading. Verse 11, note. Yes, verse 10. And as Aaron spoke to the people, they looked out toward the desert. Within the guiding cloud, they could see the awesome glory of the Lord. Oh, that made me swoon that they were able to see the glory of God. Like that is like we feel the presence of the Lord, but I have never seen, have I ever seen? I've never physically seen like the presence of God, like like God revealed himself to the um, children of Israel and to the Old Testament patriarchs and some of the New Testament patriarchs. Like I've never seen the presence of God, but I've, you know, of course we felt the presence of God and has sensed the presence of the Lord and experienced the presence of the Lord just, you know. But anyway, okay, I'm going to keep reading verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the people's complaints. I tell them in the evening you will have meat to eat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Verse 13, that evening vast numbers of quail arrived and covered the camp. The next morning, the desert all around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew disappeared later in the evening, excuse me, later in the morning, thin flakes, white like frost, covered the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked. <laughs> That's where the manna came from. Okay. So the people of Israel went out and gathered the food. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read back up. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you. The Lord says that each household should gather as much as it needs, pick up two quarts for each person. So the people of Israel went out and gathered this food, some getting more and some getting less. By gathering two quarts for each person, everyone had just enough. Thus, excuse me, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over and those who gathered only a little had enough because little becomes much when you place it in the father's hand. Each family, y'all, had just what they needed. Let me tell y'all something. I don't know if you know God as a provider, but I hope you do. If you don't know God as a provider, I pray that you will surrender and humble yourself so that you will know God. God is a provider of every need we can ever have or that we can ever think we have. God provided quail and bread for the children of Israel so that they would not starve while they were in the desert of sin, the sin desert. Man, supernaturally, y'all, he released quail from heaven and by the dew released bread for his children. God is still providing today everything that we need, healing, finances, emotional strength, relationships so that we can, uh, you know, not be alone, not be by ourselves. Um, 
and whatever else, houses and cars, because those provisions are good because I'm thankful that I'm not homeless and I'm thankful that I am able to take myself to work and so I can take, you know, care of my bills and things like that. And so God provides, you know, everything that we need. You know, the Bible, the Bible says that, that God has given us everything that pertains into life and godliness. You know, we have that within. That's the provision that is within and that without provision that we need, God is providing, protecting us while we're at work, protecting us while we're at school, while we're at the grocery store, while we're out and about, giving us discernment about what's going on around us. Because y'all know, you know, with mass shootings, happening everywhere, the schools, the churches, the synagogues, the grocery stores, um, and our colleges, just all over the place. So even in that, you know, God giving us wisdom and discernment to pay attention to what's around us and who's around us. And God provides, God, God provides, he simply provides everything that we could ever need or ask for. Now, sometimes we do get upset with God because God does not always provide what we want because what we want may not be what's best for us. So you may want that job that's paying, you know, $7,500,000, but that's not the job that you need because it's a toxic environment. God may have you to take the job that's paying $500,000 because that's a healthier environment and a place where you can thrive and grow and be promoted. So sometimes we ask God for things that we want and he doesn't give them to us and we get upset with God. We get mad at him. We fuss, we grumble, complain. We get angry. We stop going to church. We stop reading our word. We stop fasting and praying. We stop worshiping. But what you want, it may not have been God's best for you. So while God supplies all of our needs, According to his riches and glory, he will give us what we want based on his will and his plan for our lives and based on what's best for us. Okay. So again, God provides for his people quail and bread. <laughs> and he gave them instructions gather two quarts for every individual in your home. And there was enough, y'all, enough for everybody. Ooh, it reminded me of two fish and the five loaves of bread. It was enough for everybody. Told y'all at the beginning, God does not do a half work. He does a complete work, a full work, a complete work. I really need to wrap up this Old Testament so we can get to the New Testament. Um, I do want to read this because these doggone Israelites. Verse 17, so the people of Israel... Um, no, I don't want to read 17. I want to read 19. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it overnight. Do not keep any of it overnight. But of course, some of them did. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not what the Bible say. Some of them did. That's what Stephanie said. But the Bible say, but, some, but of course, some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. By then, it was full of maggots. That's nasty. So now you got to kill the maggots in your tent, in your in your household, in your area of where you're living. And it had a terrible smell. So not only do you got to clean the magnet, mag magnets, the maggots, but now you got to open the windows of your tent and try to get the smell out because you disobeyed Moses' word. And Moses was very angry with them. Like, look, y'all, you know, 
when 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 God speaks a word to us, when God gives us guidance, when God gives us direction, whether it's from whether it's from directly from his mouth or whether it's from your pastor or whether it's from your parents or whether it's from an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, even if it's from a friend or another family member, if God is speaking guidance to you, if God is if if God is speaking guidance, if God is giving you some direction through his word, through his verbal, you know, his written word, his verbal word or through an individual, obey that word. Trust that, that that word is from God. If you if you know it in your heart, you just discern that is a word from the Lord for me. Obey it. Because if you disobey, you're going to have maggots and smells. <laughs> you're not going to literally have maggots and smells, but, but you're going to have a tough, the, the maggots and the bad smell equals a tough situation. You're going to find yourself in a tough situation, in a difficult situation, in a bad situation if you disobey God's word. And let's not get caught up with the vessel that God chooses to use to give us that word. Could be somebody you like, could be somebody you don't like, but if it's God's word and you know and discern it's God's word, then obey. Okay, obey. All right, verse 21 that people gather the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. Um, let me see. Okay. Um, and as the sun became hot, the food they had not picked up melted and disappeared. God just be working stuff out, child. So it didn't it didn't get smelly. Y'all know how the trash is. We don't take out the trash and get smelly. God just allowed the, the food to disappear. He didn't want though that no more maggot maggots. You know, he didn't want the smell. He didn't want any, you know, gnats or anything around his people. So he just what they didn't need, it just faded away and disappeared. All right. On the sixth day, there was twice as much as usual on the ground. Because remember, God told Moses to tell the people, you gather twice as much on the sixth day because I'm not releasing anything on the seventh day. So on the sixth day, there was twice as much as usual on the ground, four courts for each person instead of two. The leaders of the people came and asked Moses why this had to happen. He replied, the Lord has appointed tomorrow as a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. On this day, we will rest from our normal daily tasks. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. The next morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good. Y'all can't tell me that when you season some food and let it marinate overnight. You can't tell me that them juices don't get in that meat, get in that bone, and it be ready and right for you to cook the next day. Or when you cook something and it maybe it don't taste right at the time at the time of your lunch or your dinner, your breakfast may not, especially some meat, y'all, some pork, some I know we're talking about not eating much pork, but some pork, some chicken, some beef, and you cook it and y'all had your dinner, had your lunch, and then it sits in the refrigerator refrigerator overnight. You warm it up the next day, you're like, oh, this was better today than it was yesterday, because some of them juices that got in that meat real good and then got in that that bone real good, and it it's it flavors the food even the more. The Bible say <laughs> in verse 24, the next morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. 
<laughs> because they obeyed God. And so they cooked on Saturday. The next day it was wholesome and good. I let me know that food had done got good and marinated. And it was ready and good to go the next day. Come on, somebody. Come on, y'all. Just y'all, y'all don't take my food. Don't don't take it away from me. That's what I believe. That you're marinating the food, the food unsoaked in them flavors and things, some juices and things. Okay, verse 25. Moses said, This is your food for today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. Gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground for you on that day. Some of the people, verse 27 went out anyway to gather food, even though it was the Sabbath day, but there was none to be found. Verse 28, how long, doggone it, the Bible don't say doggone it, that's just Stephanie talking, but how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions the Lord asked? Moses. I done told y'all, even when we are disobeying God, even when we grumble and complain and we going off doing our own thing, God still releases his grace and his mercy. His love always wins out, even though we being horrible and disobedient and in our fleshly selves, God's love is always going to win out. God is always going to take care of us because he loves us that much. But at the same time, God, as he said in his word, like how, how, how much, how long is it going to take for my people to believe what I say and to follow what I say, to follow my directions, to, to follow my word, to follow my guidance, to obey my laws, to obey my commands. How long is it going to take? And I believe God is asking us that today. How long is it going to take for us to to trust God and to trust that God's um, path for us is the best path that we could ever take in our lives. How long is it going to take us to trust that when God gives us uh, a word of guidance, a word of direction, that that is what we should follow? Not what our friends said, not what our spouse said, not what the kids said, not what the psychics say, because yes, there are some Christians who consult the psychics and they shouldn't be consulting no psychics. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But how long will it take for us to obey God? and obey his voice alone instead of listening to all these other voices or all this other advice. God's directions is not, they're not, it's not advice. <laughs> God's direction, his guidance is the truth for our lives. It's a path of truth for our lives. So let's follow it, y'all. When God tells you to, 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 to bless somebody, bless them. When God tells you to go this way, go that, go, you know, that way, whatever God is leading you to do, whatever direction and guidance that God is giving to you, obey God's voice. You have heard me say this many times. God will never lead you astray. He will never lead you down the wrong path. He will never lead you to marry the wrong person. He will never lead you to the wrong job. He will Will never leave you to sign a loan that you never should have signed. Like God will never lead you astray. We will lead ourselves astray. We get in our flesh and we're disobedient. We will lead ourselves astray, but God will never lead us astray. So let's obey God's voice, y'all. Whatever we hear God saying, let's obey it. Let's hear God's word. Let's obey God's word. Let's obey God's written word to love others, to honor our mother and our father, to, to not provoke our children to wrath, to submit ourselves one to another, <clears throat> to uh, pray without ceasing, to 
I love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and then love our neighbor as ourselves. Like, let's obey God's written word to have no other gods before me, to not kill, not steal, not covet. Let's obey God's written word, and then let's obey the voice of the Lord when he speaks to us directly through our prayer time or through a song or directly, you know, to our heart and our spirit. So, y'all, let's just obey. I mean, obey 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 i know sometimes we don't think god know what he's talking about <laughs> y'all i laugh because it's so true because there have been times in my life i'm like god you don't know what you're talking about i ain't following i ain't about to do what you say because I, I i know i'm living i'm living this life like i know what's going on because i'm living this life so i'm not fine. yes y'all in my arrogance yes i have said god you don't and i have literally told god god you don't know what you're talking about yes i have and i'm thankful the lord didn't strike i think i'm thankful i'm still alive <laughs> i'm thankful that the lord didn't strike me down when i said it because yes i have and so there are times in our lives where we don't think we we think that God doesn't know what he's doing or what he's talking about. But God is fully in tune. <laughs> he is fully in tune and aware to who you are and where you are and where he wants to take you. He is fully, I mean, so in tune and so aware of you. And he knows exactly what he's doing. So trust him and obey him. All right. Have y'all ever had those moments where y'all didn't think I know what y'all was talking about? Y'all can be honest if you, you know, it's okay, y'all. I'm, I'm just real. Just hear what it is, child. I'm thankful that I'm still alive. The Lord has, has forgiven me and he's kept me and Ooh, I know God know what he's talking about, you know. So let's obey God. So y'all, that's all I'm going to read in the Old Testament. I was going to get into Exodus chapter 17, um, where the, the children of Israel, they still complaining. And then Moses struck, struck they, they got thirsty again. They moved on to, they were still, they moved from the sin desert to um, Rephidim. I said I won't want, but I'm going to give y'all a synopsis so we can finish with Exodus 16. So they moved to Rafidim, and there's no water there. And they complained again, Moses, you done bought us out, out of Egypt, I bought us here in this in this place. Uh, God directs Moses to strike the rock, and they get water from the rock. You all go ahead and read the rest of chapter 16 of Exodus. Read chapter 17 in Exodus. And I think, oh, I do want to read. I am going to get into 16 next time with the Amalekites. We do want to get into that a little bit. But you all go ahead and read Exodus 16, the rest of 16, read 17, and go ahead and read 18. I think I'm going to skip 18 because 18 is when Jethro goes to visit Moses. Jethro is Moses' um, father-in-law, is the poorest daddy. Um, so I might skip that one. Um and go right into Exodus 19, when God starts to give Moses the law for his people. Well, we'll see. Y'all just read 16, 17, 18, and 19. We're going to get to it all. All right. I'm going to quickly go to the uh, Matthew because I want to read uh, Matthew. Let me, I wrote it down. Oh, I did say, um, well, I did give you the synopsis because I wrote down uh, Gen Exodus 17, 1 through 7, which is when the people are thirsty, they complain. And, you know, so we done with the Israelites complaining for the time being. <laughs> We done with they mumbling and they grumbling and they complaining uh, for the time being. But uh, we'll, we'll get back into Exodus next week. The Lord bless us. Oh, no, we won't. We actually have a special guest next week that I'll tell you about. So we'll get to it next month in April. The Lord bless us to live to see it. So let's go to Matthew chapter 15. We're in verses 21 through 31. Y'all, I'm not going to read it because y'all know y'all know this scripture. I have read this scripture so many times. This is this my lady. This is my girl right here in the Bible. 
the Syrophoenician woman, when she go to Jesus, her, her daughter is demon possessed. I'm going to give y'all a synopsis synopsis because y'all have heard me read it. You heard me talk about it. So y'all read Matthew because uh, we stopped with 20 last uh, Bible study time. So 21 through 31 gives us the conversation that Jesus is having with the Syrophoenician woman. Her daughter is demon possessed. She goes to Jesus to deliver her daughter and Jesus sitting there like he don't hear her talking. <laughs> she talking to Jesus and Jesus silent. He ain't saying not 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 a mumbling word, not a word is he saying to this woman. And she is persistent and she gets what she wants from Jesus. Y'all go back and read it. Y'all know that's my girl. I love that Syrophoenician woman because she was like, Jesus, like, it is not, it's not good, it's not proper, it's not law for me to take meat from the from the children, meaning the children of Israel, and give it to dogs, which the the half-breed they were considered dogs. That was just, you know, what they were called. It wasn't in soldiers, what they were called at the time. And a Syrophoenician woman said, that's, you right, Lord, you right, you right. And I'm not even going to argue because you speak in truth. But even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. Oh, my God. I, I, woo, I'm, I'm going to go back past that, y'all. That's my scripture. And then Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to give you exactly what you want and everybody going to know about you too. So anyway, y'all read it for yourself so you can have it. I'm going to go on to Matthew chapter 16 because we got to keep it moving. And so 16, I'm just going to read a little bit of 16. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I am going to go to 15. I'm going to go to 15 chapter, uh, chapter 15 verses 32 through 37 because I do want to read this. And then we're going to get a little bit into 16. All right. Then Jesus called his disciples. Wait a minute. I want to go back to verse 29. Let me go to 29 and then we're going to, going to move on to Jesus feeding the 4,000. Um, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee. He just finished talking to the woman, the Sarphonician woman. So Jesus returns to Galilee, to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought him the lame, blind, crippled, mute, and many others with physical difficulties. And they laid them before Jesus and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking around. Y'all just, ooh, this just touched me, y'all. Because, ooh, it just, it just, just touched me so deeply. And those who had been blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Y'all, God is still both. I know that some people think that miracles die out with Jesus and the disciples. But God is still performing miracles today. The blinded eyes are still being opened, both naturally and spiritually. The lame are still walking, both naturally and spiritually. The crippled are still being made whole, both naturally and spiritually. And the mute is still releasing conversations, both naturally and spiritually. And even the mute, even through ASL, because ASL is a language, American Sign Language, they are having, you know, the ASL community is they're still talking, they're still communicating, they're still having conversations. And so, y'all, God is still performing miracles today. You may not believe it, and that's okay. I got enough faith for both of us as it relates to miracles, y'all. He's still performing miracles today. So the people were with Jesus, and um, he was performing healings and miracles for the people. And then verse 32, then Jesus said, then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, 
I feel, and y'all, I, I think the healing and things, it touches me so deeply <clears throat> because there's so much sickness and disease and brokenness and lameness in our world today. Like there, there's so much pain and so much heartache that people are experiencing through physical ailments, through cancer, through diabetes, through multiple sclerosis, through um, other uh, illnesses I can't even think to name right now. There are mental illnesses that, that individuals are suffering through, bipolarism, schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder, um, and other mental illnesses that are happening in our world today. And you all God is, you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to keep saying it because I believe it with all that is within me. God is still in the healing business. He can heal all manner of sickness and disease, including all physical infirmities, emotional turmoils, and mental illnesses. God is a healer. So it touches me so deeply when I read, especially now at this juncture in my life when God he is it's just when I read about the healings and the miracles that God performed for the people during New Testament times right it just blesses me and touches me so deeply because you all know you've heard me share my testimony I have been healed supernaturally before and I have been healed through modern medicine before God has used both means like the the, the um modern the means of modern medicine the wisdom that God has given the medical um community and the scientific community for um, um, tools and medicines and different things to help heal us. So I've experienced healing, uh, total healing that way. And God has supernaturally with his healing hand healed me as well. And so again, I believe God can heal all manner of sickness and disease. So it just touches me deeply when I read that Jesus did it. And he's still doing it for us today. Okay, I'm done with that, y'all, because I can go all day talking about Jesus. Okay, verse 32, then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for more than three, excuse me, for three days, not more than, the Bible says for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. You know, when I read this this time around, it made me think about myself. And when I go places, like even when I go home, you all have heard me say this, but when I go home, I take food with me. Like I pack up the um my um, ice packs. I'm looking at them right now that I need to wash up. I pack, pack, pile my ice packs in my lunch boxes and I will put my glass containers of food and I will take food home with me. If I'm going a distance away, I'm going to have me a little bag or something, you know, some snacks. When the kids were younger, my niece and nephew that's been with me the longest, when we would go to the live, when we, we would normally go out for a day. Like we would go to Raleigh for a day, go to Marvels or the um, Museum of Natural Sciences and Museum of History, um, the art museum we would go. And so around this, you know, we would just be out and about and they always pack the lunch. I always pack the lunch for them. Even if we were going to eat somewhere out, I always made sure they had a lunch. I would do their sandwiches and they, whatever snacks I had, I would set it out. I'd say, y'all take whatever snacks you want, put it in your bag. They each had a lunch bag and they always had a bottle, like a reusable bottle of water. I always had water. We didn't do no juices and stuff when we went out like that. The house, we had juice, but they always had a, a, a lunch bag or slash snack bag. And they always had a reusable body of a bottle, not body, but bottle of water. So that's why it made me think of they didn't. So the people bought some food with them. 
is what I'm interpreting from this. But after three days, they ran out of food. So Jesus' compassion is turned toward the people. He said, Jesus says, I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the road. The disciples replied, and where would we get enough food out here in the wilderness for all of them to eat? Jesus asked, how many loaves of bread do you have? They must have forgotten that Jesus fed 5,000 with two fish. I'm sorry, 5,000 plus with two fish and five loaves of bread. See, they forgot Jesus' history. They forgot they they forgot the history of his of his of his um miracles. They forgot the history, so they forgot Jesus fed five thousand plus with two fish, five loaves of bread. How many loaves of bread do you have? That's what Jesus asked them. They replied, seven and a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and fish. Thank God for them. Break them into broke. Excuse me, broke. Let me get my um, my my noun verb uh, agreement correct. Broke them into pieces and gave them to the disciples, who distributed the food to the crowd. They all ate until they were full. <laughs> they ate until. They were full, meaning they wanted some seconds or some thirds, like the children say. They got their seconds and their thirds. They ate until they were full. And when the scraps were picked up, there were seven large baskets of food left over. There were 4,000 men who were, who were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Then Jesus sent the people home and he got into a boat and crossed over to the region of Magadan. God provides. That's Tamil man, y'all. God, God, God provides, y'all. I'm telling you, God, little becomes much in the master's hand. Y'all let that minister to you because it is truly ministering to me. Little becomes much in the master's hand. God took seven loaves of bread and a few fish and he fed 4,000 plus individuals. I'm going to read a little bit of chapter 16, and then we're going to be done. Chapter 16, verse 1. One day the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus' claims by taking him to show them, at, by asking, excuse me, them to show them, by asking him to show them a miraculous sign from heaven. He replied, you know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow red sky in the morning means foul weather all day you are good at reading the weather signs in the sky but you can't read the obvious signs of the time jesus 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 had a way of getting you very nicely very respectfully very godlike <laughs> only an evil faithless generation would ask for a miraculous sign but the only sign I will give them in this is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went 
away. I'm going to stop right there. Jesus left them and went away. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, even though the Bible does not say explicitly here, Jesus has been on the scene for, for some time now, and he has been performing miracles, um, setting the uh, captive free, releasing folks from demon possession, healing, uh, healing miracles. Even if the Pharisees and the Sadducees did not see with their own eyes Jesus performing these miracles, Jesus healing the sick, Jesus raising the dead, um, the blinded eyes being seen, um, demon possession, those that were demon possessed released from that demon possession. Even if the Pharisees and Sadducees did not see this for themselves, they heard the testimonies. They knew from the talk of the people, because y'all know, I just couldn't keep it to myself. I had to tell it all. <laughs> I had to tell what the Lord has done for me. I had to share my testimony. They have heard of the miracles that Jesus had performed. So for them to ask Jesus to perform a miracle when he's been performing miracles all along, when he's been healing the sick, raising the dead, blind eyes open, lame free, crippled free. He's been performing miracles all along. And now you're asking Jesus to perform a sign for you. Why? Pharisees, why Sadducees? You know, I, and I think we do that today, you all. I think even though we have the history of our lives to say that Jesus has provided for us, Jesus has protected us, Jesus has delivered us, Jesus has never left us, he's always been uh, that ever-present help for us. Even though we have that history, I think sometimes even within ourselves, we're like, well, God, I want you to do this. Can you do this for me? Can you perform this miracle for me? Can you show me a sign that you truly are God, that you truly are the Son of Man, that you are Jesus, the Messiah, Christ, Son of the living God? I think that there are individuals in our world that still want Jesus to prove who he is. Well, let me tell us something. Jesus has already proven who he is time and time again. He has shown himself for who he is, the God of the universe, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the risen one, the deliverer, the healer, the setter, setter free. You know, I just made that up, the setter free. He has already shown himself to be strong and to be who he is. If someone shows you who they are, believe them. That's my Angelou. Jesus has already shown himself. He doesn't need to do any. God does not need to do anything else for us, for us to know that he's a healer or a provider or a keeper or a protector because he's already done so much and he's already shown himself to be strong to us in so many ways. And so let us not be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Let's not ask God to show us let us not ask God to show us a sign or a miracle to prove who he is. We can see it in his word and we can look back on our own lives. And even if we can't look back on our own lives, we can look at the lives of somebody we know, a family member, a friend, a co-worker. We can look at somebody's life and see the miraculous power of God for the atheist 
for those who don't believe in God. You can out you can deny it all you want to. It's okay, you know, do you, you know, but the power of God, the presence of God, the deliverance of God, the keeping of God, the sovereignty of God is seen every single day. In the birds chirping, in the sun rising, in the sun setting, in the moon and the stars coming out, and you being alive and breathing on your own and not hooked up to a ventilator, the signs of who Jesus is, is all around us. Let me tell you what I know. So let's not ask Jesus for a sign. Let's trust his word and trust who we know God to be. And 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 let me kind of um, uh, add it. Something that I said before, I said that God doesn't have to show us who he is in certain areas because he showed himself to us in other areas. But let me modify that because maybe we do need God to show us who he is. Like maybe you don't know God as a healer like I know God as a healer. And so you want or desire God to show you that side of himself. If you desire that, and if it's God will, he'll show you himself as a healer. If you don't know him as a provider, trust God, he will show himself to you as a provider. So maybe there are areas in our lives where we need God to show us who he is in that particular area. And that's okay. That's okay for that to happen. That's okay for us to be like, God, I just really want to know you as a healer. God, I really want to know you as a friend. God, I really want to know you as the God of all comfort. God, I really want to know you as my peace. God, I really want to know you as the joy of my salvation. God, I really want to know you as a deliverer. God will show himself to us in the way that we need him. Because he is, I am that I am. Everything we need him to be, he is, okay? So y'all, I hope that you have received something from the Bible study tonight. I went a little long with Exodus, but um, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so you all, so we will get into, um, we will get into Exodus um, 17, 18, 19, one or more, more of those uh, chapters the next time we have Bible study. And we will, uh, I don't know if we finished out Matthew 15. Let me look very quickly. I just closed my Bible down. We, we did finish Matthew 15. We went into 16. So we'll finish 16 and we might be able to get into 17 and maybe 18. We'll see how it goes. Okay. So you all, thank you so much for joining me for Bible study. I love to, again, come into your home, into your car, into your office, wherever you might be. I enjoy sharing God's word. I enjoy being real. I enjoy just being myself as I bring the word of the Lord. And so I pray that you receive something that will help you uh, run on and see what the end going to be. I pray that you receive something that encourages you, that inspires you, that causes you to want to go and do some more studying in Exodus and in Matthew. And so I pray that the Lord truly ministered to you during this Bible study. So look, you all, I want to remind you that next week, March 9th, we will continue in our virtual lifestyle series. My very good friend and actually a Humphrey family friend, Evangelist Sabrina Emerson Vereen, she will be bringing the teaching next week on the topic, I Matter, My Mental and Emotional Health. You don't want to miss it. Get your family, your friends, your coworkers, even some people that you don't like, and let them know that we are going to talk about mental health and emotional health next Thursday on the Stephanie Humphrey channel 
at 6.30 p.m. I will send a flyer sometime this weekend so that you can share it with your family and with your friends, with your sisters and brothers in Christ, with your community, with everybody. Share it so that they can get this teaching so that we can all be healthy in our mental and our emotional and in, in, in our mental and emotional life. Y'all, we can never get enough information to be healthy. Um, so join us next Thursday at 6.30. And I also want to share with you that, you know, I think I'm going to change um, the seven days of Easter. I have it in April leading up to Easter Sunday, but I'm seriously considering um, changing the date to the end of March. I'm watching spring break, and even though I will be working during spring break, um, I'll have a little bit more flexibility to um, prepare myself for March. I think I'm going to, I felt the Lord telling me to do the teachings myself. I'm rolling my eyes. I'm rolling my eyes, and the Lord knows why I'm rolling my eyes because the Lord knows me. We, we, we talk. He knows exactly who I am. I'm going to obey. <laughs> After I just got finished telling us to obey, I'm going to obey the Lord, but it's a lot. And I had planned to, to ask my family to help me, but I, I clearly heard the Lord say on more than one occasion, you teach it yourself. So I'm going to do that. So I believe I'm going to change the date to end of March and I will let you know, and then I will update the website so that you can have the most update information. Okay. Uh, anything else I want to share with you? Um, let me look and see. Oh, the 2023 challenge. Are you guys continuing on in your challenge? So we um, talked about a 20-month challenge in January. So this month, complete at least one act of kindness each week this month. You can compliment a person. You can pay for somebody's grocery store, uh, groceries at the grocery store, pay for somebody's meal in the drive-thru, hold the door open for somebody, help a family clean their house or rearrange the furniture in their house, you know, help a, an elderly person or a, a mother with or a dad with multiple children, help them load their groceries if they allow you to do that. I'm just saying if they allow you, I'll maybe hand out some encouragement cards, whatever you can do to show kindness for this month of March, let's participate in acts of kindness one um, once a week. You can actually do it every day of March if you want to, but at least once a week, show somebody some kindness this month, okay? All right. So you all, look, I need to update my website, but this month, you all know this is the 15th year of Determined Publishing Company, our 15th anniversary. So every month you can get a book for 40% off. So this month we are featuring a new kind of family. It will be 40% off. I will update the website because I haven't done that yet. But this is the story of Carrie and Mark. Um, and then Anna is her niece. And so they uh, meet at an airport and they embark a plan a very interesting adventure that eventually leads possibly to a new kind of family. And so it, it has some good relational information in it, family relationships, romantic relationships. It really, it's a really good book if I do say so myself. So go to determinedpublishing.com to get information about that. Wait till tomorrow because I'm going to have to update the website tonight. Also, you can get my latest book, A Long Time Coming. This is my first and only trilogy. You have book one, A Journey of Life, book two, A Journey of Love, and book three, A Journey Home. It is about Veronica Bailey. She has just graduated 
I'm from early college, which means she has her high school diploma and two years of college under her belt. So it takes you on her life's adventures up until adulthood. I mean, she's an adult. Well, she's 17 when she graduates. She becomes an adult and it takes her further into her young adult years. It is a coming of age, but it's a really good book for families because it features her, her mom, her other mom and dad. Um, and so it's just a really, I think it, it's a lot of adventure, a lot of intrigue, a lot of foolishness and and <laughs> and ridiculousness in here. But it's a lot of good, um, and I'm not information, but a lot of good um, reading about relationships and um, the Lord and how to deal with relationships and what kind of relationships we have with each other. I think you can learn a lot and glean a lot and have some discussions. Make it a book study. You know, get the book that's $28. If there are 10 or more of you who want to purchase a book, you can contact me on determinedpublishing.com. I'll give your family a discount or your book study group a discount. Um, it has some just good relational information in and discussion about family, like I said, family relationships, love relationships, work relationships. And so it's just an overall great book. So Long Time Coming is available for you today. I think that is all I want to share with you, y'all. It's women's health, um, not women's health. It's, uh, what do we call this month? Uh, women's, uh, oh Lord, I can't even get my words right. A celebration of women, women. History Month. Is that what it is? Y'all, I can't remember. So many things. Yeah, Women's History Month. Y'all, I got it all wrong. I'm about to say Women's Health Month, Women's something month. It's Women's Hit. I was just about to say a celebration of women. This is a month to celebrate women. That's what I was thinking. So it's Women's History Month. Started yesterday. It goes to March 31st. Celebrate the women in your life. Your mom, your grandma, your great-grandma, your great-great-grandmother, if they're still, you know, alive. Your aunts, your cousins, your sister, your nieces. Celebrate the women in your life this month of March. March 8th, which I think is on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. March 8th is on a Wednesday. It is International Women's uh, Appreciation. Lord, now I got to look it up because y'all know I didn't write this down. I'm, I'm trying to rely on my memory and sometimes it don't work out quite right like I want it to. Praise the Lord. Uh, but it's Women's Awareness International. Hold on. I'm going to get it. I'm about to look it up. I thought I had it, but then I did. International Women's Day. I, I, look, I'm gonna have to write this down so that I don't have to remember it next time. But March is March eighth is Women's is International Women's Day. It's a global holiday that celebrates the political, social, economical, cultural achievements of women. So celebrate a woman every day this month, but celebrate the women that have made historical gains, cultural gains, scientific gains, all kinds of gains on March 8th specifically, okay? Post it to your social media, share, do do a do a women's day for your family. You don't say have to be a women's day at church. Do a women's day on March 8th or March 31st, give you some time to plan to celebrate the women in your life. You know, do a little, I, did I say May or March? I meant March, March 8th, March 31st. Like do a little women's tea or a little women's Zoom. Y'all get, look, put your hats on. Like we're going to have a, a celebration of women. We'll just put your hat on. Let's get together, get your tea and crumpets at your house and we'll sit and eat and talk on the virtual um, Zoom or another platform that you might want to use y'all so just let's just celebrate 
women and celebrate the women in your family and the women who have made an impact in your life. Amen. Amen. I am done, done, done. So again, thank you all for joining me. If you want to know more information about the ministry, you can visit BeFreeMinistriesNC.org. Let me check to see if there's anything in the chat. All right. I see a good evening from my mom and a yes from my mom. Hey, mom and everybody else that's listening. Thank you so much for joining me. And if no one has told you that they love you, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off. Thank you for joining the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. If you would like to view this podcast live, join us at the Stephanie Humphrey channel on YouTube live at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays. Don't forget to like this episode, subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel, and share with your family and friends. Be blessed.